The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Listen, they're all around you, close as a thought or a memory. Messages of hope. Messages of hope. Well, hi, everybody. I'm coming to you live today from Longmont, Colorado. Last week we were in Wyoming, and in the meantime I flew back to South Carolina just for a short visit back at home, and now I'm back with my pack with Ty and my two puppies here. It's really amazing as we go around the country to see how different people are affected by the whole coronavirus and uh, some of you who are outside the country I'd be interested in knowing how you're dealing with it but some places we've gone you can go out to eat and people aren't wearing masks at all and traveling in the airports 100% masked and it's just it really gave me the feeling of how we are all in this together and just just the oneness of humanity is sometimes just stunning one thing that we all face at some point in our lives is the death of someone close to us. And that's what started me on this journey when my stepdaughter Susan passed. And I do all of my work to honor her, to serve in honor of her. And my two guests today are doing the same thing for special someone in their lives. And my goal today is that you become inspired by what they've done to have ripples going outward as a result of having their that love in their life and knowing that the love continues. So I hope that uh, you get some ideas here and just brings warm feelings to your heart. So we're going to I have Kim Courtney today and Angela Craig and I'm going to talk to Kim for the first half, Angela for the second. So Kim, why don't you come in and I want to welcome you to the show first of all. Thank you very thank you for having me. I feel honored. Well, it's always me who's honored by the guests who are willing to come on and share their stories. I met you through Helping Parents Heal. We met in person. I think it was the first time uh, at that one uh, videotaping in um, Colorado. Yeah. 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 So let's before we get ahead of ourselves, and I do want to talk about that event. Tell us about your son Derek and the journey that you went on with him. Sure. So my son's name is Derek. He was diagnosed with myasthenia gravis and suffered for about 13 years with it before he succumbed to his disease. And he and I, he was the oldest of three children. He and I were extremely close. So I remember thinking as we were talking uh, the last couple of weeks of his life, 
I knew that I would never be separated from him because we had this undeniable bond. I had taken care of him, my husband and I, for years. And so I knew when the time came that he crossed over first or I crossed over first, we, we'd have an instant connection. Well, that did not happen for me at all. I was kind of like shocked wow. by it all. Uh, like I really thought, gosh darn, where are you? Uh, but I will tell you in the couple days after his passing, he did come to me in a dream. And I woke up from that thinking, did I dream that? Did I make that up? Uh-huh. I must be hallucinating. So I kind of put it to a side until a couple nights later, the same dream took place. And, oh, uh, right. So, and I told my family, you know, Derek came to me in a dream and kind of just looked at me and thought I was maybe going nuts. And he wanted to let me know that he wanted his work to continue on. He wanted to have a legacy uh, that would empower myself and my family and spread hope through uh, everybody in the world. So he told me I was going to start a nonprofit to honor him. It was going to be called the Healing Cross Project. And in that dream, he told me how I was going to get it started, who I was going to contact, and what wow. would happen. And so that, that night... I woke up with a conviction knowing this was him speaking to me, and that was the day of his funeral. And at his funeral, I, when I spoke, I said, this is what Derek wants you all to know, and this is how he wants you to honor him. And he wants you all to join our family to help get it done. And that's exactly how it happened. It didn't happen overnight, as you know, Nothing worthwhile and great in our lives happens immediately. It took a lot of work. Um, but I knew from the get-go it was him, and I wanted to honor his wishes. And so that's what we have done. So I want to talk a lot about that cross as we move forward in this section of the the um, episode. But what amazes me is it sounds like you knew that he was going to pass, that that you knew it was coming, and yet this didn't come up beforehand is that right that's correct and you know i I used to he used to say to me mom i'm going to go before you i'm going to go before you i'm the one that's sick and you're not and i said we never know what's going to happen and he said it so much and i always had to remind him derek you know i'm going to be the one that goes first and so it was not that i was totally expecting him to die in that particular day it was a jolt, obviously, to us, and very, very, very surreal. Um, but indeed, in looking back on it, I know that he knew when his exit was going to happen, and I chose not to pay attention to that. I, you know, I, you know, I wanted mm-hmm. to find the good in everything, have hope in everything, and I knew a miracle was happening. I was so sure that a miracle was going to happen for him that I just like kind of blew it off until the day he actually passed. Hmm. Have you had a miracle? Well, I've had many miracles, but you know, the one miracle, and this is what I like to say to 
to everybody that's listening, no matter where you are in your grief, I was devastated as you were with the death of your daughter. I was devastated, and but I never was angry, hateful. I never said, why did you take him, God? I knew right away that um, God was good, and all the first responders that came to our home, some of which I knew because I've had a swim school for over 40 years in Arizona, so some of them, I had taught them how to swim. So I found myself comforting those people, and I reminded them all that God is good and God is good all the time. And so the first, the very first miracle was for me to tell these people that a miracle did take place. And the miracle was that God took him to heaven where he could be at peace, he could be at free, and finally be of who he was supposed to be, not locked into a body that didn't work anymore, full of pain and constant, constant suffering. And mm-hmm. also, also, I think people that are ill for a long time start to question their value on this earth. Like, why, why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? Why, why do I have to suffer like that? And so the miracle was he didn't have to suffer anymore. And that yeah. God took him home. So that was the first miracle. The, the second miracle was that I could remind all of these first responders that no matter what, God never leaves your side. God is there with you for always. You have to have faith and believe and that he is good. And he, one of the, in fact, the counselor that came, the grief counselor said, how can you say that? You just lost your son. And I said, but it, it was not in my hands. It was never in my hands. It was between God and my son. I was just. That's, I, was, I find that interesting that the counselor was was almost taking you out of your grief. You're, you're right. not, uh, not grieving. Well, we could talk about many instances, I'm sure, when you knew that Derek was around. But uh, I love what happened at the event where we met, I'll just quickly give some background that there was a, a filmmaker doing a video about uh, helping parents heal. And it's uh, Craig McMahon. He actually has several videos out now on Amazon Prime. And they had asked me to do a group reading. Actually, Suzanne Wilson, wonderful, wonderful medium, and I were going to do it together. But due to a family issue, Suzanne couldn't be there. Now, Suzanne does fabulous gallery readings, and I had done very few. So I knew that she was going to, you know, if, if need be, carry the ball. And there were going to be 20 parents there and 14 kids among those 20 parents in the spirit world. We knew where they would show up, and this would be video videoed for this documentary well at the very last minute Suzanne couldn't come and I was left carrying the ball but if there's one thing I've learned it's spirit is the one that carries the ball and in in to put it in the way that Kim is talking God's got this right so right I actually uh, sat in front of the group and the cameras were rolling and each of those kids came through so clearly. That was my miracle that day, that the, the fear, the doubt, all of it was gone. I just knew, turned it over to spirit, and each kid came through with beautiful evidence. And I'll turn it over to you now, Kim, to talk about what happened with Derek. Okay, so actually a couple things happened. 
that um, evening during the filming. But I wanted to also tell the viewers that, um, and I said, I actually said this in that video with Craig, that if there was a school that we could go to for grief-stricken parents, I would have been kicked out because I, I knew that Derek had come to me in that dream. But other than that, I wasn't, I wasn't seeing, feeling, sensing any signs. And I used to go to those helping parent heal meetings, which, of course, I still go to. And I used to say to all the people, gosh, I wish I could have what you're having or see what you're seeing because I'm not feeling any of that. So on that particular evening, and I, don't, I know Suzanne does, you do thousands of readings, so I don't know if you're going to even remember this, but the first thing you said was, I'm getting a number, and maybe it's some to a combination, and it was 0425. And I, it didn't click. It didn't resonate with me. But the mom sitting next to me said, leaned over to me and said, isn't that the day Derek died? And I, oh, wow. kind of, and I said, it is. And she said, well, raise your hand, say something. So I did to you. Then you said to me, I see two champagne glasses. And oh, yeah. I'm thinking to myself, what? Why is she? Why is Derek saying that? He, she's got to have the wrong person. Well, and then you said, you. It was a toast. Was, I remember this celebration. So, yep. And so our, um, my wedding anniversary was March second. So I think Derek thought, okay, that would get my attention. Then he went on to say, and this is what this is something that stunned. Pretty much everybody in that audience, because most of those their kiddos had taken swim lessons from me. So you said <laughs> he's showing me, he's telling me about a pool, and we all started laughing. And you didn't know about that, and I and I said, well, I'm I own a swim school, and there there's a little girl, and she's not safe on those steps. Well, I remember. I remember specifically. Craig McMahon asked the question: Do does any do any of the the children who have come through today have an urgent message for anyone here? Do you remember? I, that is correct. So, what Derek wanted to say was, you have got to watch Nora, who is my two year old grandchild, and you have got to get her to swim because she is not safe. Ironically. My daughter and her family had moved in with us while looking for a new home. And so Nora was outside and around all the time. Derek wanted me to know she is not safe. You have to do whatever it takes to get her to swim. And he said during that reading with you, wouldn't it be ironic if, uh, the owner of a swim school, her granddaughter dies. And that threw me for a loop. It unhinged me, so to speak, that on, at the break during the, re, uh, the documentary, I called everybody in my family. And I said, you get extra locks on the door. You get her a, it's called a frog watch. And it, if you fall into the pool and an alarm goes mm. off, you, mm -hmm. you order one of those. And my husband was trying to talk me down off the cliff and said, Kim, why don't you just teach her how to swim? You, you've done it for 10,000 children. Do it for her. <laughs> so I'm happy to say that she just turned three. The, the kid can swim 60 feet on her own. 
She can backstroke. Wow. She can tread. She can float. And I just well, have to be very diligent. I just think it was just amazing because that I was put on the spot. Does anybody have an urgent message? And all, everybody's right. laughing because it was for you and it was so beautiful. I want to fast forward now that that whole experience of bringing through those 14 kids for the 20 parents was so special to me that I said to myself, I want to memorialize this moment. I'm going to get myself a silver ornament that will remind me of this because I had done some ex- some uh, readings for Dr. Gary Schwartz in Arizona on a day that I brought through seven spirits so beautifully that I went out and bought myself a silver necklace. And this was on par with that. So I had said to the spirit world, I want some silver ornament to memorialize this special evening. And what happens? Kim walks up to me before the evening's over and hands me this beautiful silver cross with a heart in the middle, an amethyst hanging in the center, and the words, you are never alone. I'm holding it in my hand now because this is the gift that Derek told her to create and share with the world. So that's absolutely, yeah. So uh, because of Derek's message, uh, we have forged forward we have sent out thousands and thousands of crosses throughout the world now. We hold a huge event to raise money for those in need. But the, but the whole message behind the cross is you, the sufferer, is never alone. There is always someone thinking of you. And that's what I want the cross to convey to those that are grieving the loss of their children or a spouse or a sibling or whatever they're suffering with, you're not the only one suffering in this world. We all suffer. But it's a reminder that, hey, I'm right here. You can email me. You can send me a note. It's just to let somebody know that even in your darkest hour, your most devastating time of grief there's someone that's got your back. And that's what I wanted the cross to convey um, in memory of my son. And it's beautiful. I, I have, it has a pointy bottom and I put it in a flower arrangement in the bedroom in our RV and then at home, but it it goes everywhere I go because that message is so beautiful. The moment was beautiful. You can find out more about it from healingcrossproject.com. But Kim, how did you come up with the design? I know there's a beautiful story behind this. Oh, so anyway, I go to this little thrift store uh, north of me, just a little, you know, a Kiwanis thrift store, and uh, many people had sent me designs for the cross, and every time I looked at a design, I knew it wasn't the right one, so I just happened to be in there one day, you know, getting supplies for my swim school, and there was a, I I get bulletin boards to put notices on, so there was a bulletin board, it was wrapped up in brown paper, went up to, you know, purchase it. They said, you want me to take the brown paper off? No, I can do it. It was $2. So <laughs> on the way home, I had continually talked to Derek. I need you to, you got to, you got to try to connect with me. I know you were speaking a foreign language here and I'm not very good at interpreting, but you've got to give me something to go on. So when I got home, I unwrapped the bulletin board and there's smack dab in the middle of it was a cross, obviously drawn by a child, 
with a heart right in the middle of it. And I thought, oh, my gosh. That, oh, my gosh. I, it couldn't be more clear to me. Uh, and there it was. And so that was, and I, I, someday I'd love to meet the child, but I don't even know who it is. So, anyways, that was the design that I knew, hands down, that I had to go for. And through um, a gentleman that owns the steel company, he had me meet with a designer, and we came up with the design as closely matching that original drawing to honor that child and to honor what Derek picked for his design. He picked it. I did not. Yeah, no doubt about it. And the little amethyst in the center of the heart? So the amethyst, Derek's favorite color was purple. And so that represents Derek's heart. And um, amethysts are a stone of much healing property. And so I insisted that an amethyst be hung in the middle of the heart. Yeah, it just wobbles there. It hangs on a little short chain, and it gives movement to it. It's just beautiful. So what has been the response to these? You give them away, right, because the funds are donated. Absolutely. So anybody, anywhere can go onto the website, which is healingcrossproject.com, and under the um, request page, request a cross, they can go in there and just fill out the information, the name, the address, how we can help them. And we send crosses everywhere. It does not cost a dime. Um, We do it for the love of Derek. And since the inception of this, I actually have a couple benefactors that have come forward with, um, you know, rather large sums of money so we can continue to do our work. And then we got into uh, the other great thing. I don't even think you know about this, but I was moved to help the homeless in the Phoenix area and showering the homeless. And this was like last August, September. And so I didn't have much knowledge of it, but I, you know, forged forward, I put it on Facebook. Okay, now Healing Cross Project is going to start sharing the homeless. I had no idea why I was supposed to be doing this. But a gal that's in our group of Helping Parents Heal, um, she came up to me one night. I, we saw, I saw her at a restaurant. She says, I'm here to tell you I know why you're, you're showering. Derek wants you to know that when you were showering the homeless, you were showering the feet of Jesus. Hmm. And so that was my answer. Why was I doing this? How beautiful. Yes. So I've gone on with that mantra. We've showered thousands upon thousands upon thousands of homeless people in the Phoenix area. And we want to continue to do it when, obviously, when COVID is over, we're not allowed or welcome there to that area but we'll continue to do the things that Derek inspires me to do and it's all through messages that he sends and I want to tell the viewers again uh trying to trying to have a conversation with him is like a foreign language to me so I have to rely on people like Suzanne other people in our our support group that helped guide me because to this day, and it's been three years since he passed, I, unless I get hit in the head with it, I don't know if it's a message from Derek or not. 
So well, I think you've been doing a super job. He obviously has yeah. the big picture, and he knows that you know he's around, and he's guiding you to help in a huge way. Right. A- absolutely. Suzanne Wilson told me once that you're not supposed to be just talking about a little bit. And she used the same words. Derek yeah. wants you out there in a big way and uh-huh. making a statement yeah. about what can come out of devastation. And indeed, I saw on your website as I peeked at it today, again, I, when you first gave me the cross, I was on it and so impressed. It's a beautiful site. Derek's just, a, his energy is just gorgeous. You say on your site that Derek's great-great-grandmother, Myrtle Dean Clark, helped found the Salvation Army. So there's a legacy That's, there and, yes. and, and the legacy continues and their mantra right. is doing the most good. And that's what you're doing. Right. And I, yes. In fact, I, that's on the website. And when I was a younger, I'm, a, I'm one of five kids just in my family. But she took me aside one day and said, you, young lady, and my name's Kimberly, are destined for greatness. And you must never forget about serving others. And mm. I've taken that to heart and I've done it my entire life. But this, the Helping Parents Heal and the Healing Cross Project, has taken me into a total different stratosphere of life. I never, never thought I would be doing what I'm doing and having the closeness of other bereaved parents, my close, close friends, and that we are all serving our kiddos in heaven and making an impact on the world. Isn't that beautiful? So we have one minute left in this first half of the show. Any suggestions for others who are grieving? I definitely that you should. I mean, there are many people out there to help you. Contact as soon as you can. Helping parents heal, and our Elizabeth uh, Elizabeth Basson, who is our fear leader, will guide you to a group that's close to your area and whatever neck of woods you live. But and other support other... groups for people who haven't had a child pass, spouses, parents, right. there are wonderful support groups. Right. There's, there's many, and there's, there's excellent reading, but you have to know that you are not in this alone, that God loves you, that your children, your spouse, whomever it is, loves you, and they are there. They They are right there, like you say, Suzanne. They are right there. But you have to be brave enough to open up your mouth and ask them to come visit you. All right. Thank you so much, Kim. What an inspirational story. And you better watch out. You're going to get a surge of requests for these beautiful crosses. I I hope so. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. 
earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back. You're listening to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Hi, everybody. I'm laughing because, you know, in this day of uh, doing things from home, we have different kind of technical difficulties to deal with. And I almost had a dachshund walk across my keyboard and another dachshund almost pressed the mute button. So what are you going to do? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) We are talking today about people who have taken the passing of a loved one and channeled it into a way of serving others and carrying on a legacy of love. And we just talked with Kim Courtney, who has a foundation that has taken donations to to give her healing crosses to people around the world. We have a very different take on this now with Angela mm-hmm. Craig. And I had uh, been in communication with Angela for a while. She had wanted to come to one of my workshops with Suzanne Wilson, and that was canceled. And she reached out by email and sent a lovely note. And then the next thing you know, she's emailing me and saying that she wanted to send me a gift. And what was my address? And let me tell you, this gift was was phenomenal. <laughs> we'll talk about it in a minute. But Angela, why don't you tell us about um, who it is that you're honoring and what your gift is? Oh, well, thank you first for accepting that gift the way that you did, because it, it was very uplifting for me to know that that's the way it was received. Um, and so this is honoring my husband, Peter, who... Uh, his birthday is today, which when oh you gosh. sent out a date that was possible, <laughs> I just couldn't believe that. Perfect timing. Uh, <laughs> and also, um, this was the day of the celebration that we had for him after his passing um, seven years ago. And so it's a double kind of a, you know, special date. Uh, I, I so, have to tell you, Angela, this, I don't, I'm not really feeling a presence, but I just keep seeing this man doing the little disco move, like a disco <laughs> dance. I don't know if Peter ever joked around about that, but he just won't stop doing it. And my lip is twitching. So we'll pass that on. And... Uh, he's <laughs> definitely um, a, a music man. That was one of his, you know, kind of claims to fame. And he's music. He comes through musically all the time. So I would imagine that. And he's kind of he's pretty lighthearted about now. So um, after all this time, he's he's a little bit, you know, there's a little always a funny twist to him. So um, that doesn't surprise me. (laughs) Right. Um, And so I think really I didn't realize that I was actually, you know, putting this spiritual care package together over the, I didn't really realize that as I was using the the gifts that are in the box, that this is what it was coming from, was from my kind of healing and working through Peter's passing. Um, Let me stop a second here because um, some people may, we didn't really talk about what the gift is. And it is exactly what Angela just said. She calls it a spiritual care package. And it's a large box. It's about two feet by one feet and about four inches thick, maybe a little smaller than that. But it is just filled with all of the goodies that helped you heal. Right, Angela? Exactly. 
Yeah, over time. I mean, I again, I didn't realize it until I one day kind of it did come to me that every little item in that box and still to this day just helps me get through some of the hard days and then also just the practices are uplifting that are in it. So it kind of just came together uh, one day when I was thinking, wow, I, I, I started to gift somebody had lost somebody. I thought, oh, I, I could turn them on to something that helped me. And then finally one day I had six items that I was gifting to people. And I got such great feedback that I thought I, I really would love to do this to help others maybe try something new that they've never tried before that might help them feel better through the process. And they do. And we're going to talk about each of those items in turn here in a minute. But what I want to share is that you gifted this to me and I was blown away because these are quality, big items that took time and attention, every little detail. You're an innkeeper in Newport, Rhode Island. And I was, as I look through it, I'm thinking she must have all these kind of details for her B&B as well. And it's just over the, over the top. Wonderful. I, I looked on the chain of our emails and I was just wanted to comment that the email I sent you after I received it was that this spiritual care package ranks right up there with the most thoughtful, fun, heartwarming gifts a person could possibly receive. And for those of us on the spiritual path, the uniqueness of each item is truly precious. And I meant it then and I mean it now. Um, I do want to remark that you so much. You gifted it to me, but I said, I hope you're selling these to people who want to give it to others because right. it, truly it's it's a bit of a, a, a large, too large of a gift to just be giving away. And, and the care and time that goes into each one. So how are you handling that? Right. Well, I had to laugh when you said, I hope you're not insulted or what, whatever word you use, that I keep it for myself and don't. Because I had said pass it on because I was thinking <laughs> you might have somebody who needed it. You were like, I think I might keep it. I was, that's wonderful. That it oh, yeah. I couldn't give it away. Too. It's too beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and so, yes, I am hoping to sell them. Um, And I have gifted a lot, but I have also sold a few. So I am starting on my journey. They take a lot of time. So it's not like it's going to be, you know, a business. It's just something that I just love doing. I love making each each piece. I love putting it together in the box. I, I, the whole process is just special for me. And when I do gift it and I hear back from the person that received it, it just is, it's over the top. It makes me just feel wonderful that, that, you know, somebody can maybe be uplifted by the exercises and the gifts that are in there. Well, let's talk about those then. You opened the box and the box itself is beautiful in quality and it's lined with, is that a, a table runner or like a placemat? Yeah, it's just fabric that I found, and some of them I do um, some uh, paper that is patterned that is beautiful as well. It just depends on what I've got. Each one is different; they're they're completely unique. So that's what's so cool fabric. about it. Yeah, yeah. And then in, right in the top, you get this lovely little note with a beautiful design on it. And I want to read this one, and then I want to have you read a couple of other things, okay? But but okay. Angela writes, Dear Spiritual Care Package Recipient, my hope is for you to find comfort from some or all of the contents in this box. I can honestly say I continue to be uplifted and calmed by the practices, exercises, and readings within, even after six and a half years. 
and then you give a quote from someone about about recovering from grief and love and what this is all about. And then there's a separate card with all of the contents of the box. So why don't you go through those one at a time, but allow me time to add my little admiring comments about them, okay? Okay, sure. So there are six items in each box, um, and not in any order, but the first is what I call a Zen box. And what I say about it is uh, with a unique heartfelt quote, the one-of-a-kind Zen box reminds you that you will always be connected to your loved one in spirit. And it's so interesting that the Zen box you included in mine, it's a little, like a little 3D shadow box, we call them in the military. It has a beautiful saying on the back and a glass front and a beautiful design and, and then a little figurine. I see on the postcard that you included that that of the whole box contents, there was a different one. It looks like a little Buddha or something. But my box, Angela, had a cardinal, and that's our yes. sign from my dad, which you couldn't have uh, known. Uh, couldn't. Nope, not a clue. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, so the second item is, are mala beads. And so they are hand-strung mala beads, and they're used to practice the act of manifesting calm for me. And you strung, done, strung them, right? Excuse me? You, you personally strung the mala beads, I right? I do. I string them. Yeah. And so that's a little, that's a little uh, mantra in itself right there. Um, but it, that's, a, you know, kind of a Zen thing, too. You're kind of calming as you're making them. Um, and then there's a little scroll that's attached to They're in a pouch. And there's a little scroll that kind of tells you how and how to practice do a mala practice and um, what mala beads kind of stand for. So it's, it's, it's all inclusive in there. And I love that I have these mala beads in my hand right now because I also take them everywhere every time we go on the road. And again, this beautiful piece of paper in which you've printed out mala bead practice, how it can help you in your spiritual practice. And in fact, yeah. as I use them, my own team, Sanaya, came through and showed me a way to practice to help increase the feeling of oneness. And I ended up teaching that on one of my monthly mentoring sessions. Ooh. So there are, there are the ripples um, going outward again. I love that. Oh, I love that. I get chills when I hear that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, they are very calming. Yeah. And what else in the spiritual care um, package? Let's see. So the um, the journal. Um, let's see. A journal practice can be in any shape or form that suits you. Uh, the leather one that I've included in, in maybe one of the boxes. Uh, for me, it allows your innermost voice to stream unfettered to your loved one. I really had never done a journal practice before. And I read early on in something that I was, you know, in, right after Peter had passed, that it might be a good thing to try. And honestly, seven years later, I, I I just can't tell you. It just, it, there's no schedule to it. It's just as the spirit moves you. I might have coffee in the morning and write. I might have wine at night and write. I might go to the beach and write or not write for a month. Um, but it's this special time between you and your loved one. And honestly, it's like it's just the two of you there. It's, it's just a wonderful practice. I love that. That's what I love. Each one of these practices helps your own journey spiritually helps you connect with the loved one who've passed this is 
perfect. Absolutely. And this journal, by the way, I have my hands on it right now because I brought that on the road with me. is just gorgeous. Oh. It's like a leather-bound, beautiful journal with a strap that holds it closed. So, again, the quality is, is exceptional. So what else? Thank you. And so um, then there's something called a gratitude box. And um, so this um, is from uh, another medium. Her name is Hollister Rand. And I read one of her books. And in the back of her book, there was this practice. And it, what it does is, it, it, for me, again, it lifts my spirits every time I pull a slip of hand-colored paper and read the message that connects you in ways only you know about to your loved one. And there are instructions included on how you, you actually make your own gratitude box. So the papers are there, the box is there, and then you do the exercise. And it's so if I could interrupt, is this beautiful... Uh, pretty little box within the spiritual care package with a pretty cover on it and this beautifully printed piece of paper that talks about this practice I've never heard of. But, you know, as I took each item out of the box, I spent so much time going over each one. It was, it was a sacred experience because the love that was imbued, the thought that went into it. Think about, I mean, each of you listening can do your own thing like this for someone else or use these practices for yourself or get one of Angela's boxes. No matter what, talk about this gratitude box, how it works, because you didn't just have little normal pieces of paper in there. You'd printed them with mandalas on them. So, no, they, so I, they're from a coloring book, and then I color the mandalas, and then I section them off, and the practice is – you know, what, what, you're, what Hollister tells you to do is to take a little time to think about the person that you're wanting to send to, to do this exercise for. And then you sit quietly. And in a very short period of time, you kind of think of the things that come to mind that are uplifting or that you love. They can be funny. They could be, you know, happy times. They could be something that made you you know, just feel a little sad, but still glad to be connected to that person. You write them down it, it, kind of in an un, in a stream of consciousness kind of way on, on each line. And then it, it's, it's over. It's a quick exercise. It's done. Then you cut those pieces of papers up. You put them in the box. And then on a morning where you're feeling a little blue, you open the box, pull a piece of paper out, not looking at it. And there is a message that you have written about the person that, you know, you have lost and loved that honestly just it brings them back. It, it, you're, gra- you're so you're filled with gratitude, but you also could laugh. I mean, because it could be something silly that you did together or that it, it, it's just a whole combination of possible things that connect you to that person. And we all know that, well, hopefully we all know that gratitude brings you into alignment with the spirit faster than anything. So this gratitude box is wonderful practice. And at the bottom of your instructions for that, you say that, that you, you send a thank you to your loved one for bringing this beautiful joy into your life. And you say that sometimes I pull one and put it in my pocket and read it later in the day. It never ceases to put a smile on my face and love in my heart. Yeah, it's so great as an innkeeper, you know, I'm dealing with all of the craziness in the day. And, and then I remember, oh, oh, I put something in my pocket that day because I, I, you know, was having a hard morning. And then I pull it out and it doesn't really matter because I, uh, I know that it's my connection. And so it could make me laugh or it could just make me just feel that love again. It's, it was, it's a wonderful exercise. 
Beautiful. So again, that's what I, I knew this would be great for the show because you don't have to buy the whole box. You can make your own or you can just do one of the practices or all of them. So yeah. what's else, um, what else is in things, this? And so then there's books. Uh, obviously, reading was is probably maybe one of the most important things that I think helped me get to where I am. Um, and so I include one or two books, and then I include a book list. Um, most of them are about, you know, the afterlife and are spiritual in nature um, because that's what helped me so much. So this is, I, um, I need to interrupt you a second here because this blew me away. We have all of these beautiful gifts. And here's a book. And how many of us don't end up reading and reading and reading everything we can about the afterlife and spirituality? And here's a book, a brand new, beautiful book included in this box. And like Angela said, along with a book list of others. And and you you chose that one specifically for me. And that was just beautiful. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and I have favorites and so or, or ones that I think might be a good initial one to read or, you know, so but it, it but there's a book list in there with others that have helped over the years. And then I go back to, you know, there again, there you can yeah, never have I, enough. Of good I, I was reading. humbled and honored to see my book on there. So I was glad you didn't send yeah. me my own, Angela. <laughs> no, no, I thought, I thought oh, that that really I don't need to do that. But you did make it into the uh into the postcard because that that was one of the ones I had when I did the photography. So that was fun. Um, and then the last the last little gift is uh, our wish papers, which you know people may already know about, but what they are are um, a little it's a little package that you you get and you write on this little tissue paper maybe a memory or a or a you know a wish or a, just sending some love up and then you you roll it up and you light it and it rises to the sky and when mom we had the gathering for peter uh 7 years ago it was on a farm and it was very, you know, it was just an uplifting kind of a real celebration. And at the end, the last thing we did was everybody that was there, maybe 60 people got uh, these wish papers. And we all at the same time wrote our wishes and our love to Peter. And we lit them at the same time and they took off up in this barn. And it was magical. It was just it was one of the highlights of the celebration. And so I do those in my kitchen sometimes at night just for fun because they, again, are uplifting. You light so the, the wish papers in your kitchen? I do. Oh, I would yeah. I would have thought you'd have to go outside for that. <laughs> no, they're just, they don't go up very high. They're just small little things. You have to try one. You can do it right where you are. They don't go up. I, I don't know. Ty has made burn. Cherry's Jubilee in the bus and lit the, the frying pan, you know, gets that flambe uh, thing going. And I think I would never hear the end of it if I lit a piece of paper on fire in the bus. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a problem if you're on the bus. But And then the other thing that I just was thinking about this spiritual care package in general is, you know, if you're maybe trying to think of something that you could give to somebody and you don't want to do flowers and you don't want to do maybe a contribution to an organization or you just want something else that could speak to that person on a, on a different kind of a level, that's where this comes in. I think it's just a different way to approach maybe giving a gift to somebody who who, in a way that you could help them on their, through their grieving journey, I think. 
It's definitely true. I mean, I think of we send cards to people when they have someone who has just passed, but any one of these or other things that people could think of that it gives somebody something to do, to be present with their loved one in their heart. And as they do so, to remind them that when you do these practices, that loved one draws near. Absolutely. I mean, that's really what this all is about, is that, I mean, Peter is around a lot. And I I think many of the practices are what get him, you know, closer to me through these practices. So if, you know, if anybody is wanting to do that, this is one way to get you there. What is what are some of the ways that you feel him? Oh, he's he's pretty good now. I have to say, he, <laughs> he is. Uh, he comes through. It didn't take him long. I was very surprised. Um, music. Um, I, we came up with a symbol. You know, one of those where you you just sit and try to pick something out that when you ask for a sign. And so we picked a sign together. It just came to me. It's a little unusual. And so I see that sign, you know, on trucks, I see it. Um, And I've asked, you know, I do a lot of asking. Um, And uh, flowers, he he was big on flowers. So it's the things and food, the things that we did together that he's able to come through um, those ways to me. And I, and, and I know that they're him because you know how you just know. I, I don't know how I know, but I just do. Of course. You quickly, you breezed past the fact that when you put that book in your spiritual care package, it also includes a bookmark. But it, the one that was in the package you gave me has two beautiful sayings on it. Do you always give the same bookmark? I do. I came to that also. I don't know all oh, the things that I've come to. I came to that um and I uh, I kind of made those, laminated them up, and I sent them as thank yous to everybody that came to the celebration um, when he passed. And it, it's just a great reminder for everybody. I have his picture when I do them up for people. I usually put the picture of their loved one. But if it's generic, I just, I think it's a moon and stars or something. But the same Yes, a moon and the stars, and I, uh-huh came across it in a reading, you know, I mean, just one of the readings and it resonated so strongly with me that I include that. There are a little, yeah, a couple little surprises tucked into the, into that package um, that are little extras. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just keeps coming and coming. It's clear as you speak that you're always thinking of ways to reach out to others, to show others how to heal and how to connect with their loved ones. So I'm, yeah, your box will probably change over time, huh? You know, uh, well, right now, this is what I, I has worked for me for for the seven years, or and so uh, um, I, I haven't had any new exercises come to me, but I'm open to that because they, yeah. you know, definitely things could could change and could come around. But um, so far, these six items have been have stayed solid. Um, that's why I thought it would be a great way to share yeah, them. They're just fantastic. What was the very first step you took toward healing your grief? Did we talk about it already? No, the very first step that I took was were, were two things. One was a reading, 
um, with a local medium. And the other, I was gifted um, I, a kind of a grief therapy session with a spiritual woman on the West Coast. And uh, I spent maybe three or four phone conversations with her, and she helped me um, to come up with a few things that I could do to help me through the grieving process. And one of those was, this is another thing that I would love to share down the road if I could, but it's a, um, it was a shadow box. Well, we have box. about three minutes if you, if okay. you have, if you can it, do it in that I time. I probably can't do it that quick, but it's a shadow box taking all of the little items that remind you of your loved one and creating a shadow box, you know, with tickets and with pictures and with and I did three of them with three dear friends of mine and that I think was the first catalyst that that absolutely got me on the path to to healing beautiful so what has been most helpful to you coming to acceptance or a state of peace with Peter's passing Good question. I think, you know, having readings and knowing for sure that those that he is around and irrefutably has just made me feel so much better that I can continue having a relationship with him while he's there and I'm here and just going about my life and yeah. Yeah, and that and as and Kim, I know you're still listening. You still here with us? Yeah. Yes, I yeah. Am. We talked about the importance of being in a support group, and both of you have said what makes the difference is knowing that those who passed are still right here. In fact, I think Absolutely. Kim, that's where you. Yeah, that's how. Yeah. Yeah, you read huge, my book still right statement. here, and it and it makes yeah. all the difference. So. I would just, both of you, this is almost a rhetorical question, but do you feel that the gifts and the process you've been involved with that has helped you in your grief giving? For me, yeah, absolutely. Oh, uh, uh, me too. I mean, that's how this has come about. It's it's tried and true. So I I figure if it works for me, maybe it could work for somebody else. Absolutely. Yeah, the ripples just go outward, outward, outward. Angela, final remarks with just a few seconds. Oh, I just thank you so much for, for you know, having me on your radio show and just allowing me to share, you know, this special spiritual care package with others. If anybody else is interested in, in learning about it, it's just, it's, I think it, it, it's so helpful. It is for everybody just to to serve others, to focus on a legacy of love. Instead of asking why, ask how can I make a difference in their memory? Thank you, everybody, and thank you to our two great guests. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much. Thank you, Van. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What is it you really want in life, no matter what you've been through? 
you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation Podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation, and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.